welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaler. And all retired this evening, we have Chief John Newman. Major, welcome back. Ronald McMullen. Uh, we have... Uh, Corporal David D'Agresto, we've got Officer Andrew Casal and Producer Will Statcher. So I think I've got everybody covered. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Galls. Uh, we have GunLearn.com, Guardian Alliance Technologies, MyMedicare.live, Tactote.com, and we are powered by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make this show happen. Let's see, Ward, I think you'll like this one. Uh, Police One, uh, Val Van Brocklin, drop the cop jargon, it hurts you in court. Now, Ward's really the one person on the show that would tell us, be able to tell us whether this is legit or not. Uh, But the article says that from academy recruits to senior officers and command staff, cops talk weird uh, when they testify. And she goes on to say, I hang out with cops, I break bread with them, I attend their banquets, award ceremonies, and memorial services. It doesn't say anything about pillows, Ron, but it says that in all those contexts that cops talk normal. Uh, so it's just in court when they don't, or maybe it works. So it says there's even more, uh, it says there's more than one problem with talking like this on the stand. She says that it sounds like you're having trouble mud rustling with the English language. It sounds like you're, number two, that you're, um, you're like an, an extra trying out for speaking part in law and order, and that cops watch too much TV. And then thirdly, it sounds evasive, like you're trying to hide something. So she goes, here's what a a judge had to say in a reported opinion about how cops testify, that the agents involved speak in almost unpenetrable jargon. And it says that they do not get into their cars. uh, Well, let's see, it says they do not get into the cars. They enter official government vehicles. They do not get out of or leave their cars. They exit them. Uh, They do not go somewhere. They proceed. They do not go to a particular place. They proceed to its vicinity. Uh, They do not watch or look. They surveil. Uh, They never see anything, but they observe it. Uh, No one tells them anything. They are advised. A person does not tell them his name. He identifies himself. A person does not say something. He indicates. Uh, They do not listen to a telephone conversation. (laughs) They monitor it. An agent does not hand money to an informer to make a buy. He advances previously recorded official government funds. An agent does not say what an exhibit is. He says what it purports to be. So she goes on to say it's not even so much what the judge and I think, but it's crucial what jurors think. When you testify like that, you sound like somebody who's uh, full of themselves or trying to hide the truth. Neither is good for your credibility with lay jurors. Uh, You don't sound like a regular person the jury can identify with. And when asked what behaviors increase a witness credibility in court, jurors respond that using understandable language is important. That's why we call it, quote, straight talk. So that's what she says. Um, Ward, clearly, well, I tell you what, we're going to go to the commercial break and uh, we'll be back for the last portion of the show. So yes, we are nationally syndicated in the radio and it was the Boss Hog Radio Network in Florida that gave us our first break in the terrestrial radio, which of course is over the airwaves. So uh, yes, the uh, Boss Hog Radio Network there in Bushnell and Sumter County, Lakeland, Plant City, Winter Haven, Avon Park and Sebring all in Florida. We're also on WKUL with two FMs in Coleman, Alabama, K-Bar in Burley, Idaho, WVMG in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, KCPX, they have uh, an FM and AM in Moab, Utah, and our latest one, uh, WXZI. 
And they've got uh, what? Uh, they've got an AM and two FMs in Lancaster, Danville, Richmond, Kentucky, and that's with David Greenlee. Uh, WKYAH in Delta, Utah, and AM FM two four seven has a host of stations around the country. Uh, I mean, everywhere, and also Three Rivers Broadcasting dot com, Backstage Radio Network dot com, and Central Oregon Radio dot com. So, uh, especially if you're within range of those terrestrial stations, please check us out on radio. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show, and my thanks, uh, personal thanks to Chief John Newman for playing the air guitar while we were having our outro music. But uh, uh, Ward, uh, the floor is yours. We have 10 minutes till the end of the show. I have a lot of respect for Ms. Van Brocklin, and her article was entertaining. I think it's largely overstated. Um, a lot of the examples she just gave sound like they're federal and not state. Um, all my trials were federal. Uh, I never once, not a single time, had a problem with the way a federal witness testified. I had several cases where I used locals and deputies. Never once did I have a problem with the way they testified. In fact, they were excellent witnesses. I don't want my witnesses worried about how they're talking. I just want them to be relaxed and, and speak the way they are. Um, so I, I, you know, it's a fun article to read, but I'm, I'm really not buying it. Oh, very, very interesting. All right. Uh, we've got several open mics, guys, so go ahead, jump on in. I'll go first because I'm oldest, Dave. Anyway, um, so 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 we got to speak in single syllables, do we? Right. We got to sound like you know we're you know, you know we got to use the use of vernacular. Or maybe you know we can't be you know God forbid you know we we're too formal and we need to be much more colloquial. Uh, we can sit here all day long. We're trained. We're we're not just witnesses. We're professional witnesses, right? Um, you know, I, I said it at the beginning of the show. I told you, Ron, we're going to use big words tonight, right? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I almost find this insulting. You know, mm. that for years, law enforcement needs to be more professional. When I'm with this group and we're not on TV, we're 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 very vernacular, right? We're we're you know woo, we're, we're we're hacking the hell out of the English language, and and that's okay. But when I stand up in front of a bunch of people to speak, and they want to hear me in my position. I speak with a, a different level, and that's what people expect. Otherwise, you come across as just a the donut-eating simpleton. This is our profession. This is the way we're trained. By the way, we're trained to write that way, and we're trained to testify that way, okay? And I'm sorry. I, I, I found it entertaining. I originally I actually thought it was a joke when I first started reading it, Cause she, and she's serious about it. And she really is. I mean, she put a lot of time. She she's a wonderful writer. I, I she has some nice topics out here. I think she's way off the mark. Wow, Andrea, Andrew. Um, real quick. I mean, report writing. I mean, we were we write our reports to reflect legal. You know, like legal action. I mean, when we when we go to court, that's how we write our reports to make sure that we can defend a legal standpoint. So when we speak, I speak to my report. So therefore, like, that's, that's what I think is funny. In a deposition, you want to not conflict with your report. I don't know how many times that was, you know, regurgitated to us when we were, first of all, in training, and we had an entire section on report writing and, you know, how to proceed in courts. And, you know, we all, that's how we were trained. So, you know, to, to what John was saying, we were trained that way. That's exactly how we were trained. I'm going to speak to my report. My report is going to reflect exactly what I did. I'm going to write how I'm going to best defend my position in court so that legal, you know, all the legalities are covered. So therefore, that's why we do what we do. 
I thought it was funny actually because I'm I'm guilty. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh we're we're trained to uh use legalese. You know, the only place you speak plain talk is when you're writing what the witness or suspect says. You write it exactly how they said it, exactly likely how they said it. Now, when you're speaking, you're trained to speak legalese. Like if I said, oh, I smelled alcohol on his breath, da, 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 they're going to kick that, that sucker out in this circuit because you smelled alcoholic beverage. His alcohol doesn't have a scent. And you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. So if we don't write that, if we don't testify to that, if we don't testify, oh, uh, I'm a police officer in Tampa, Tampa, Florida, Hillsborough County, you know, that boot that right out of there too. When they're training state attorneys and you're in misdemeanor court, some of those judges will kick it out. Nope, you didn't you didn't do the venue the venue or whatever, you know, you know the location, all that. And, and th those are reasons why police officers talk like that. And I'm with I'm with John. You know, I use big words. So shoot me. What? Come on. You know? I'm with you, John John. Hey, hey, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. When I went to graduate school, I quickly realized being a law enforcement for 10 years before I went back, my vocabulary was whittled down to like 50 words. And it was like Absolutely. misdemeanor, felony, you know, mm -hmm. evidence, you know, yeah, it, you know, apprehension. I mean, woo, mm -hmm. you, we, I, I, I know you're like, oh man, I need to start reading things other than police jargon and police technical stuff. So you, you, you do a self-assessment, but when I'm up there I, I, and I'm testifying, I'm going to be as professional and as formal as I possibly can. You're in a court of law, like Ward said, I'm relaxed. And most officers mm -hmm. are relaxed speaking that way because they live it and they, process it that way and they write it down that way god you're lucky you don't get a traffic reconstructionist on the stand because oh, you'll fall true. asleep in 20 <laughs> minutes you know <laughs> but i think that she's she's also talking about the mentality of the jury you're saying the jury can understand that and, and ward said that's not the case if you know came from big daddy ward and he understands how police officers talk and 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 testify i gotta go with ward always I'm with you, Ward. Well, w Ward made the point that it's it's just being relaxed and a and a a professional human being on the stand. I think that's more important than than any jargon or any uh, language that you might use. Um, I mean, the, the the jury trials that that I've been involved in, you, you you know, you make eye contact with the jury. You're looking at them. You want to be believable. You want to be credible. All those things, um, and and that's. That's the focus. The, the information is going to come through if you have, as Andrea said, written a good report. You have all the all the information and details that you need to convey to the jury, <clears throat> being directed by the prosecution. You know that that's that's the important thing, guys. I mean the the language stuff was yeah, kind of went past me too. I was like what, but uh, Ward said it. You just have to be relaxed and make a connection with the jury. Uh, let them understand that that you know what you're talking about and it all comes into place. You know, Dave, I, I, I'll tell you something, though, Dave. You make a good point. I wish I had the knowledge I had the first time I had to testify in a jury trial that I, you gather over the years because, you know, I, I could have connected a lot better with jurors. I Once I, I – Ron, when we started having to testify on wiretaps and you're really comfortable and you're basically the subject matter expert there, you held things back until a certain time – you had, there was a, a strategy to the way that you were going to testify. You covered that with the state attorney. Man, I wish the younger officers had the knowledge that they're going to get in the next 10 years testifying and going through depositions and all that. 
at, at the first day they ever show up on court because you, you the more you do it, the lot more comfortable and smarter you get at it, you know? One of the best people I've ever seen testify is uh, Brett Bartlett. Amazing. One oh. of the best. Are we talking about the same Brett Bartlett? The Brett Bartlett on the show? Are you serious? I'm, I'm telling you, kid, he's amazing. Wow. Wow. I guess we'll have to keep him then. So, uh, and Andrea, we got uh, two minutes. I want to get in the uh, poop smearing offender story. So go ahead. I think real quick, you know, the, the whole idea is to paint the picture so that they understand what we saw. There's a lot of things that law enforcement sees that the human eye doesn't normally see. You have to be able to paint the picture. There's jargon. There's, you know, stuff that they won't understand. You have to be able to paint the picture. So sometimes we're, we are going to sound. It's not going to make sense. I don't know why Dave's shaking his head. God, you, you know, Chip says he wants to get in the poop smearing story, and you're painting a picture. I'm going, wait, wait a minute. Come on. Listen, I hang around with little kids all day. It's We're, we're on the same page now. We're on the same page. All right. Thanks, Andrea. Okay, last story. We've got a minute and 38 seconds till the end of the show. LeoAffairs.com. Repeat poop smearing offender arrested again, judge finally orders a bond. So a uh, disturbed repeat offender released without bail after his arrest for smearing his own feces on a stranger's face um, at a Bronx subway station. Um, he's been busted again, and this time he's being held in jail. Imagine that. So the judge ordered Frank uh, Brockwa held on $15,000 bail after he allegedly, allegedly warred, uh, went berserk at a Washington Heights self-storage company, and uh, he smashed a window and a dispute with workers. So um, on February 28th, he's arrested for smearing his feces on a woman at a Bronx train station a week earlier. And he was hitting on the victim, begging for her to pay attention to him. So I guess that's how he figured she would. Uh, when she ignored him, he ducks into an idling subway car, uh, paused at the station, and he poops inside of a bag. He comes back to where she's sitting and he smears his excrement on her face, her head, I know, Ron, her nose, her mouth, and her eyes. And he said, you like this? And uses the B word and uh, then asked, uh, anyhow, this is all covered by prosecutors. It's just, just a crazy story. 23 seconds, guys. Any takers on this? I see everybody shaking their head. John, John, go ahead. This is exactly why <laughs> I carry every day. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. Well, I guess we'll end, end on that note. I know, I, I think Major Ron's getting ready to hurl on camera, so we better we better end it quick. Thanks to the panelists for uh, for being here and, uh, and making it happen. I appreciate it, guys. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors again, Galls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.life, Tac-Tote.com, and Bang Energy for powering us. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. <laughs>